You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Making Waves hey, So you guys are in the midst of talking about making records and children Did yeah, I catch I, that right? They're pretty much the same thing One of them just doesn't poop It's the difference well, but, uh, but yeah, but some of them shit the bed. <laughs> oh, they so. can, though, right? They, they, yeah. But they poop, poop. It's real bad, you know. It's bad for everybody. When they both poop. Yeah. All right. It's, it's I'm only gonna, diapers for one. I'm going to yeah. mute, guys, and let you do your thing, and Alrighty. I'll be here if you need me, okay? We out here. Sounds good. Thank you, Jen. It's good to Thanks, see you. So, Aaron, real quick, man, I, I, I noticed something on your IG, dude, and you yeah. took that iconic picture at Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, dude, there was, you know, there we were at Royal Albert Hall, man. And uh, yeah, that was crazy. Dude, I mean, tell was, me about yeah. that experience as an artist playing that. Cause that is like either that or Carnegie are like two of the like the places as an artist you hope to play at one point in your career. Yeah, I've gotten, I've been fortunate enough to play both at, at one point. What? Yeah, I got to play Carnegie years ago. I have a poster from it. It was a, um, a benefit show. And uh, it was with like, that was, was actually the first time I met uh, uh, Corey from, um living color and all those living mm-hmm. color dudes and um patty smith was there and it was crazy. so that was the first thing i did was carnegie hall was like back in like 17 or 18 um but world Albert hall shout out to dr first of all for bringing us on tour and i mean that was his show but like for us to be able to just stand on that stage in that place was quite the experience and it's just different there too it hits i mean every time you play a place like that one of those prestigious venues it just hits differently because the mm-hmm. crowd isn't a rock crowd you know it's a very prestigious place and i think you just feel that when you walk in so this isn't going to be like a mosh pity like let's go crazy kind of crowd it's going to be like, sure. like we're here to really just enjoy your artwork and that's kind of what the vibe was that's the way it felt and uh but it made a big impact amongst the people in london and, and the uk man so uh but i was just really proud to be on that tour with daughtry i mean all the rooms were pretty much full and, and just like that man we're just it's just capacity crowds everywhere we went you know um, and then we just ended on, on Royal Albert Hall was just an honor. And you don't, you know, think about it though, is people don't understand this. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't really process all of these things until the job is done and it's, it's like been done. Right. So like I went from Royal Albert Hall to, to Paris to do a bunch of promo. It wasn't until like a week later I got home and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I did it, yeah. man. I did it. You know, yeah. I was like, that was two weeks ago, man. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. It just hit me. Uh, but yeah, man, it was the honor of my life, man. Honor of my life. It's still cool that you got to like feel that, right? Yeah, even if it yeah. came, even if it, you know, it, it was after the fact a little, uh, what do they call, what's the term? Um, when it's a, like a delay trail, but there's something very specific that I'm thinking oh, of. It's, it. uh, uh, when the weed, the drugs wear off and it hits you, you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. who was I? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, that's crazy, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what it, the term I was going to use, but the idea of it is most people don't get to stop. I don't know if, we're, if yeah. we're, we should even consider this part of the, starting the podcast, but to stop 
and recognize the moment yeah when it's yeah. happening it's impossible I, it's i don't know if people just don't know that man it's like they don't they don't you know i, I played i opened for the rolling stones in front of like sixty thousand people and like there's you're in no, detroit yeah i know that was that that was in front of uh that i was that i did that too but i opened for the rolling stones in paris uh this last summer in front of about sixty thousand people in paris and there's no way to process that many people, man. You have to like go back to look at pictures and things like that to to really get the full scope of what you just accomplished. And then you don't really think about it when you're walking down the street that, that sixty thousand people just saw you play in this in this big city, and now you're walking on the street and people are looking at you crazy, like, dude, weren't you the guy that was doing the thing over there? You're like, oh yeah, can I get a beer? You guys want a shot? Let's get a shot. Let's hang out, you know. But it's like really, it, it really, it's a lot, man. And, and you know hopefully when you're doing everything right, it stays that way, you know, that you just like keep going from crowd to crowd day to day. And, you know, I know the Shinedown guy probably feel that way too. They just get up there and you got your crew that rolls with you. It's like when you're on a plane, you know, the air inside the plane is going the same speed you're going. So you're really going zero miles an hour, you know, but, but in truth, in, in reality, you're, you're flying at like, you know, 550 miles an hour in, in the sky, you know, it doesn't feel that way until you land and then you find yourself well, in some new place. Dude, that was a it's fucking so song that you just wrote. Like, if, if you, literally, the, the the analogy and the way that you just described it. Yeah, yeah. dude, that, that's it. I think I, it's I a little nuances that change from gig to gig, right? Like, it's the same gig, same set list, same motion, same video, same fire blast, whatever, yeah. but it's just like the nuance obviously feed off the audience, the audience oh, yeah. into it. And like, there's little yeah. hiccups, like, does my voice sound good? And I, am I cracking a little bit? You, you know, and you, and you go through those, those moments, especially with, you know, you know, we, we did over 200 shows, I think last year, I think it was the last two years, something like that. And it, it was, um, those are things I, I didn't, I never really thought about before. You know, I, I mean, I've been on plenty of like indie tours and things, but like, I never had to think about my voice and like what my voice is going to be like tonight. Or like, if I was gonna, even going to have a voice tonight or having to call a doctor and be like, yo, I can't talk. And, oh, no problem. We got pills for that. We got steroids. Here, take this in your butt. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So you, you just start thinking about that stuff, dude. Like the longevity, like you, you really got to take care of yourself and your voice and, and all those things, man. Like those are the things that you don't, because every day is a party, dude. It really is. I mean, you know, and, and I know the shine down guys have, have, have certainly felt that at times and, you know, I felt that at times in, in that first, I think that first two years when, when I went from sitting on my couch from the pandemic to getting signed and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. being at the top, you know, top five on the rock charts, it's like, and you're still sitting at this point, you don't realize how, how much your life is changing and then it all hits you at one time and you're everybody's best friend and you become the life of the party and all these things. And now all of a sudden you have like this, this lifestyle where you, you can't really go out anymore without, like, I, I can't even tell you, I can't, I don't even really go out by myself much anymore because you know, I, I started realizing every time I went out, even if I'm just having a casual conversation, if it's not me and some people, like, I like to sit at the bar, right? So if it's not me and my friends sitting in a corner somewhere where we're not really being bothered, even then at times, it, you know, cats will come up and, and say something. But if I'm at the bar and someone's like, oh, what do you, I'm a teacher, what do you do? I'm like, I'm an international recording artist. Yeah. I play rock and roll, my original music. And they go, oh, cool. And they look you up. And all of a sudden now everybody's like, here, have some alcohol. You're like, oh, maybe one. And turns into one turns into five. And all of a sudden everybody's like best friend. Like, Let's go to the bathroom. What are we doing there? Well, <laughs> so let me ask you, what, then, what, is your, <laughs> what is your alias job you use when you don't, when you see where the conversation is kind of going to, what, what's your other occupation that you tell them when they ask you what you do? I try to say preschool teacher, but the tattoos are a giveaway. They, <laughs> they're like, oh, cool. Your neck tattoo is a preschool teacher. It sounds perfect. Uh, <laughs> you know, no, I, I just, you know, I try to be honest and truthful. I, um, I might just say I'm a musician. And a lot of people don't really ask much after that. Oh, you're a musician. Okay. Like, you know, but yeah. like, I think that at a certain point, 
And, and other cats will say this too. When you start becoming successful, there's energy that you have about you that, I know, that people mm -hmm. just feel and pick up on. And it's happened to me a few times just walking in the rooms with cats just like, they know that that you are doing something because whatever it is, you, your energy just changes, man, over time. You know, you tour enough, you get seen enough, do enough interviews and, and all the things, man. And that stuff all starts to culminate into your personality and that you start to wear that. You know what I'm saying? When I walk into a sure. venue or wherever, I, you know, you're wearing that wherever you go. And it, and it, and it used to be a thing where you could turn on and off but when when it's more on than off, then who are you? You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. um, you just kind of handle it as it comes, man, and make sure you just like always are or have a protocol. You know, that's why I go out with friends and have people around to make sure that like if something gets hairy, I'm just out. You know, they get me out of there. They're, they're yeah. out. You know. I think one thing that could help you, and just hear me out here, is that you wear a cap that says Tucson. Tucson. <laughs> Throw them off the scent. <laughs> Say Tucson. It says, it says Biloxi. Biloxi, Mississippi. No, then they're going to go, what? Do you play blues? Are you a blues guy? Yeah, right. You I'm, play I'm blues, blues guy. Right? That's right. Yeah, no, that's Tucson's right. nice and safe, man. It's it's good. It's a good middle class hat. <laughs> I learned from a man, they smoke stack train rail. That's right. <laughs> some guitar right there. That All right. So you got a new record coming out. Obviously, Child of the State proved wonders for you. You just mentioned about yeah, being top five rock stars, and it really did help yeah. kind of launch you into the sphere. Um, yeah. This new record coming out. What are what are you, what's your expectation of it? What do you what are you hoping that people gravitate and get from it? Um, I just I think it just goes hard. You know, I think it was what's interesting. It's so funny because you're on tour with Shine Down right now, and, and I literally like um, that that record was really I think highly influenced by Shine Down one way or another. I, I wasn't like trying to be like, oh, I'm gonna do that Shine Down thing here, you know. But you know, we work with some of the same producers, and I had just come off a, a year, almost a year and a half of touring with these dudes, you know, kind of on mm -hmm. and off. And so a lot of that stuff kind of soaked into we, and it was funny. We talked about this last time we spoke. We talked about this. You're like, yo, man, are you gonna? You think you're gonna be influenced songwriting wise? I was like, I don't know. We'll see. I'm already dope. <laughs> 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 you know. And then uh, right. here, here we are. You know, the, the, uh, a year later, two years later, or whatever. And and uh, I'm like, yeah, man, I definitely seeped in. You know, you can hear it in some of these songs, like like the title, and you can hear it. And in, 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 there's like a big Seattle rock influence there. So, um, and more than anything, I think it sounds like my environment now. You know. I went from it went from kind of sounding like I played clubs and you know some some bigger size club five four hundred five capacity you know clubs to sounding like stadium rock like arena rock and like that's really the trajectory I've been on I think it's a reflection of of where I've been and what I've been doing in the last couple of years uh, and then the songwriting um, more than anything I think has is taken a whole different level you know um, these stories mm -hmm. that are being told now with the exception of a couple that are just just like songs you know they just come out and they just give you what it is. Um, but this this album takes on a whole different level of storytelling, I think, than than my previous album. So, you know, and, and I love it. I think it's a, a really great record. Um, I, I know we are already getting a lot of um, commercial interest in it, like like cats talking to us about wanting to put in the commercials and things like that. So usually when you're on that track, it, it, it's a it's a really good sign that you, that you struck a nerve, and hopefully that yeah. that'll that'll be the case with this record. The uh, the single you mentioned, Arena Rock, has that. Because it has this massive crescendo yeah. during the middle of the song, right? It kind of changes gears. Oh yeah, um, yeah. which is like reminiscent of someone like maybe Zeppelin or someone of that nature. Absolutely. You know, I know that's rare for an air to put someone in, but it's just kind of like that. Kind of like a more gentle intro, your storytelling, and then it goes bam. Hits you, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, 
I think that's that's to that also speaks wonders to to Scott Stevens and Marty Fredrickson, who are really great songwriters. And one of the keys to really being a great songwriter is knowing the artist you're working with, you know. And so when you break down my songwriting style, that's typically you know that's how I came to be. I was a songwriter before anything. You're a songwriter on the acoustic guitar, like with dreams of being this big heavy rock dude, you know. And so the singer songwriter thing kind of carried into you know my career as I as I kept going. And now when some of these songs and you hear them start out, they start out with this like really like nice story and all of a sudden it just mm-hmm. acts you in the ass you know and, and that's that's what i love about working with those cats they really they really capture the vibe you know well you know what you, you got to get the soft stuff because you got to get the ladies involved right and then the dudes the, love the heavy part right that's the key here's the thing man this is this is what i learned way early on dude and this is why why i think childish state actually hit the way it did too was because you got to remember something man girls drive the industry the ladies drive the music industry Sure. songs dudes love songs about girls girls love songs about girls and that that drives it and who who said it best it was uh it was Giannis. i was being Giannis for talking we were backstage at uh incarceration the comedian no Giannis, the uh, uh the lead singer from avatar oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so we were talking <laughs> avatar has love songs yeah no but but their music he was like, <laughs> he's like it's got the fuck <laughs> the music has to fuck you know and it yes, doesn't fuck what yeah. are we doing you know and so it was yeah. just we were talking about though is it just has to the music has to slap has to hit a certain way has to hit a vibe and a feel you know and it meant to get the girls to shake their hips if we're not doing that then we're not doing anybody any justice out there in the music world man what he didn't tell you is their music fucked, but it doesn't call you back the next day. <laughs> he did tell me that, but that's so messed up. <laughs> he did? <laughs> We're one time as we leave you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got something to mention, and I know that it's probably, in, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want yeah. it, but uh, with the recent single that came out and the artwork that's attached to it, is that yeah. I'm assuming that's going to be part of what is the album artwork and what I love sure. about it. If it's not, it is it going to be part of the album artwork? It's definitely part of the theme of the album, right? So the album's called Chronicles of the Kid, and um, yeah. when I when I look around my house, I have a ton of new. Hold on, I'll show you. I got a ton of these yeah. things. I've got I've got a ton of these. Same. And, and okay. I'm just I'm just like I just and I just randomly grab them, write ideas. It could be anything. I like like I have a dream today, and I'll write it down. You know, I'm like and oh, one day white kids and black. You know, that's not my dream. <laughs> I'll come back to that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I have a ton of these written around. You know, and so but but I realized that like my whole life, I've written all these stories and these songs and, and the compilation and notebooks, and uh, they kind of tell my story over time. Um, and that's why it's called Chronicles of the Kid. And this album in particular actually tells the story of me getting signed leading up to now, you know. And so that's why that's I, I figured it was a great second chapter because that first record really was, you know, my whole life of, of music leading up to when I got signed. There was some new stuff there, but it really was like it was like almost like a um, a snapshot of, of what was and, and not mm-hmm. what was coming or what was to be, you know. And so Chronicles of the Kid is about the stories that and uh, I've, I'm telling right now. I mean, and I've lived it, you know, like I don't I no one can tell you what it's like to be famous or how you're going to deal with it. And, and I've definitely, I've certainly fucked up a bit just being myself, trying to figure out how to navigate the waters. You know, no one's going to tell you how to deal with the fame or like the attention or how you're going to deal with the attention, you know? And so a lot of these stories are just like me, having me just being inside my head about where I've been and what I've been doing. And some of them are, are really tragically beautiful and some of them are beautifully tragic, you know? Yeah. Um, it's composition that, books, right? So we're yeah, talking that, about that, the those, songwriting, you know? Yes. It's something to lean into the idea of like, as you're growing, you're still talking about the songwriting and mm-hmm. expanding and those, at the heart of it is the composition. It's the song, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, man. You poem that, that's, that's dope. I just wanted to make a mention of it because I saw it and I was like, I wonder if that's going to be part of that album artwork and how does it yeah, tie yeah. in? Because it's very oh, specific. Yeah. Absolutely, cool. man. 
You know, that marbled notebook you have, I think they sell those in bundles at Sweetwater and at Guitar Center for musicians. That's so cool. I, I didn't I didn't know that because <laughs> I just got mine from <laughs> No, Maddie. I'm kidding. I but every say, musician or oh, creator has that same kind hey, of notebook, right? You know, you know, I asked on going to Guitar Center. Hey, go to Guitar Center. Hey, man, what do you need? Oh, don't worry about me, man. I just play guitar. I don't, I, I, I'll figure it out. Don't worry. Well, gee, it's just right here, man. I'm you're right. You don't want that one. You want this one. It's 10 times more expensive. I get a little commission off that. Don't worry about it. Look. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the or like uh we used to on the road whenever one of our guitar players would be just like fucking hacking it you know yeah at the end of the show is like what's up guitar center so, so yeah, right. in the corner <laughs> stairway and you're just fucking <laughs> God, I hate it, man. Yeah, so you you, you mentioned you mentioned fame yeah. coming now it's starting you're getting recognized and things yeah. like that are there any things about it you just you weren't aware of or you weren't prepared for and and what were you kind of prepared for were you prepared were you prepared for the fact that you'd probably have to leave a public square or place you were at when you started to get a little hairy for you um that- you know that I, i've been i'd been somewhat famous in seattle for a while right I probably I, mm-hmm. in fact probably more so when i was coming up than even now you know whereas like because seattle is such a isolated region of the country and as a music market it's not really seen even though it produces really great music it's not much of a music place does that that makes any sense right like i know that there are a ton of indie bands here that have the potential to 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 get better and make it if they get in front of the right people and do all that stuff but seattle itself is not a place where agents and managers and and like the business is coming to to thrive you know like it's a place where you get really good at music and then you go find those people elsewhere um, and so, but I, I really experienced that early on, I'd say around 2013 to about 17, when things were really, really on top for me um, here in Seattle. And so I, I somewhat expected, um, but I didn't, not to the scale. This is what, when it, when it really started getting weird for me, I think was probably the end of last year after Mercy had been out for a while, you know, cause I went, so I went number four and then right after that, I went number one and then went number two. So I stayed on the charts pretty much that whole year and a half uh, and at the top of the charts as some random no name kid from, from who God knows where, you know? And so um, when I started getting recognized in airports and like hotels and, and things like that, that's when things started getting a little bit, that's when I, it hit me and, and I knew that like, this is it's a different thing, you know? So I, I wasn't really prepared for a lot of it. I'd say mo- a majority of it. Like I experienced it on a smaller scale, you know, like the, and where people want to be your best friend, the girls and the, the drugs and like the, the rock and roll stuff. And then, but nothing like this, man, not, not where you have to actually take tally as to what's going on around you and be more aware of that. Because, you know, a lot of these cats and, and you've heard plenty of these stories before you can get so swept up into that stuff. And then health wise, it'll just deteriorate you and, and, and quickly because every day becomes this, this, this sort of like idea. Like if you live in this rock star ego every day, you're going to get stuck in this party mode. And that party mode will take you out like that. You know, there's no sleep every single day. You're just like, you're burning the, the candle at both ends and your body just starts to deteriorate right in front of your eyes inside out. And you, you have no idea, man. So I'd say a, a majority of the stuff I'm, I'm dealing with right now is, is really, it was really brand new for me. Uh, now that I, I, I'm, I've been in it now for about a year and a half, I've definitely, I'm coming down off, I plateaued a little bit and I'm coming down off, off of that ledge a little bit and I'm kind of starting to, to even out, you know, but it was definitely a spike uh, going, going from, to, as you know, the number one rock artist on, on the charts to, to, to all of a sudden touring behind that and, and having no idea what to expect, you know. Let me yeah. ask you this then. Uh, is it a scarier, uh, scary is a kind of a harsh word, uh, but it, is it more off-putting to be put in that position where you're getting kind of weirded out by people, by fans at festivals, things like that, or at, a, at an industry gathering like NAM or something where you've got these execs and people in the business who think yeah. that because they're in the industry that they're going to creep on you harder? 
they it's a it's just a different vibe i think you know i think a lot of uh, industry folks um they're just kind of trying to check you out and like they're probably more used to being around more more famous people i'd say the stuff if you just walk around the crowd in a festival it's a lot weirder <laughs> that's a lot weirder yeah. like because listen man the, the the weirdest part about it isn't even the people it's because you think you're a normal person right that's the yeah. that's the issue it's not that you that, that that you think you're anything it's that they think you're something and you're just like walking around like trying to do normal people stuff and they're like oh my god you that dude you this eat man. right <laughs> whoa man you're just like this is like this is the funniest one dude you're just like us, man. You're a normal person. I'm like, yeah, bro. I didn't just fall from space. Like, and just like, like uh, sporadically, and just like come up. All of a sudden, here I am. I'm, I'm a god in music. Bow what, before the me. Funny <laughs> thing, the funny thing is, is like, well, you know what? I'm not like you because normal people aren't shit faced at 10:30 in the morning in there, dude. <laughs> That's true too. That's true it's too. Like, no part, man. That's so true, man. And like. People were just like, oh, man, do you want, you want to do three shots of whiskey with me? I was like, I have to sing in 10 minutes. No, I can't. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, and Vitamin C, the, yes. Whiskey, yeah. no. Right. And that's the thing about it, too, man, is is that's the other part I think that was hard for me, too, along with the fame. was like, you now turning from like just being this dude that like plays clubs and like tours on my own to becoming what's considered an elite level musician and having to show up that way over and over again, the consistency is, is much higher demand and it's harder to maintain, you know, as, as you get a little older, it's, it's hard to maintain all that too, man. So that's another thing I, I had to get used to too, is learning how to take care of myself in, in, in a much different and better way, you know, and I'm still learning how to do that because I, I do like, mm -hmm. I mean, you saw me in the boat. I'm very social, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, Hey, you're, Friend, I like you. Hey, let's drink a drink. Want to hang out for a while? And then on the boat, you know, things don't close at 6 a.m. You're like, wow, that was a fun hang. And then you have to be up in 10 minutes because you got to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Hmm. Well, good thing I mean, it happens at sea because what happens out there doesn't really exist. I hope no one talks yeah. about it ever again. But you know, man, every great guitarist that we probably think about always has their kind of lost weekend years, right? Yeah. It's okay oh, yeah. to have those, you know, but no. you come back stronger, better to longevity. Never hurt Clapton. Guys still no. doing it for 50 plus years. Yes, yeah, true, man. <laughs> and he was right. gone for but, a few weekends. But, but you know what, man? And you, and you got to live that a little bit too. And that's a, sure. a, that's a balance to it. That's what, that's, that's kind of yeah. like more the key to anything, I think. And it was Zach. Zach said this too one time. I was texting, I was texting Zach, man, Zach from the, from Shinedown. And I said, yo, man, I love you. Thank you for the tour. Cause me and Zach got to, got to know each other pretty well, man. And, and, uh, and I got to know all the guys really, but Zach really bonded. Mm -hmm. And and he says to me, Hey man, take it easy out there. Everything in moderation, including moderation. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Everything including in moderation. Including moderation. Don't bore yourself to death. Right. I, I took that to mean that, like, you know, dude, like you built up this whole life to enjoy it and to enjoy these little moments that you have. And you gotta take time to enjoy those without getting get, getting swept into it. Cause it's really easy, man. I mean, like, I took some dudes with me on tour down in uh, uh when i did that uk tour and uh, a couple of dudes one of them was, was is my uh, guitar tech who ended up filling in on guitar for me and i needed to fill in bassist too who flew out with me and um that was their first time ever experiencing anything like that and uh, and because me and my drummer had been going through this now for two years we're not even thinking about it we're just like, let's just go do our thing good and then he at the end he's like dude that is an addicting feeling and i was like what's an addicting feeling you know <laughs> what are you talking about he was like yeah man like like people just like knowing your face and like wanting to hang out with you and you just being cool with everybody. Like that's really addicting. Get up there, you play music and at, at the end, everybody wants to be your friend. Girls want to talk to you. Guys want to talk to you, buy your drinks. And you're just like, you so cool. And I was like, Oh yeah, I guess so, man. Well off to bed for me, you know, <laughs> you know, it's exhausting, yeah. man. It, it, yes. I mean, you, you have, you, you figure you're probably, and maybe Chad, you too. It's like you give yourself for two hours to people, right? Like you're giving everything, playing, yeah. singing, emoting your banter. And then they want to keep 
pulling from you, man. Yeah, that's got to be the thing that just drives you. You appreciate it, but you know, hey, radio winners, that's a whole different thing, right? right. 10 minutes. Hi, thank you very much for listening. Right. But like these things, these things that drag on till two or three in the morning, you're like, fuck this. Yeah, dude. And that's that's the thing, man. And like, that's, a, that's a hard one. Like I said, I'm so social, dude. I, I've seen the sun come up more times in the last two years than I can even remember you know what i'm saying like, like it just, yeah yeah and because you're traveling so much you know you'll be uh you know i'll go from like this last year i had i had a show i had, I had a come off tour I did, I did the uk and i did france and i did that for a month i came home for a day and then flew to japan i played a show in japan over the weekend and then flew back home just in time enough to, to have halloween with my kids and then the next day fly out to to london and it was uh, it was absolutely insane. It was something that happened. It wasn't we were flying to Europe. I'm sorry, but we did we did some we had a tour. Came home. We I I went, flew out to Japan, played a show, came home, and then flew out to Europe for a month. And then I didn't get home until the end of November, and I was just like cooked, you know, completely cooked. And then in the meantime, you're you're like in a different time zone, so everybody's sleeping and you're awake, and then everybody's awake and you're exhausted and you're dehydrated and all, all the stuff. Man, touring is is definitely a, a task on the body, and I, I don't know if people recognize that, you know. I mean, that's some serious woodshedding when you're starting to skip continents, man. You're you're getting <laughs> you're putting yeah, oh, you're burning dude, mineral was, oil. It's been insane, dude. And and I I think the, the anybody can tell you. I mean, anybody who's is especially you know on Indigo, like anybody can tell you, like that's mm-hmm. that's just how it goes, man. You know, they they once you're in demand, you're in demand, and when you're hot, you're hot. And, and it's as tiring as it is, man. You get, you better be thankful for because that moment can come and go. And I, I experienced a little bit of that towards the end of my record. You know, we're being at mm-hmm. so high, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're coming down off the record, and like. We're throwing some more singles out there. Maybe not, they're not the hardest hitting singles, but they but they but they they resonate. Uh, and you know, and you're kind of like you're not feeling that same high, but you're coming off the record, so you have to get ready for the next thing. You know, so it's a it's a journey like that, man. And, but when you're hot, you're hot. You better be thankful for it because you don't, you don't know if you're ever going to see it again, man. Then how do you how do you kind of balance and keep that measure of uh, hey, like I'm coming down a little bit here. I'm just gonna I'm not gonna freak out because I'm not what I was. Three weeks ago, even. Yeah. How do you keep that balance to say, it's like, okay, I'm going to drop some singles. I'm going to stay in the public eye. And then I'm going to kind of ascend again when the festivals come around, a new album comes around, yeah. new meetings with iHeartMedia come around. All those things happening, man. So it's like, the, how do you deal with the ebb and flow? You you just remind yourself that you're not there by a fluke. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you're, not one hit, you're not a one-hit wonder. You've already proven that you, that you can make great songs and great music that hits with people. And that there's, that there's people out there that really love what you do, you know, and that you can, if you continue to speak to their hearts without compromising yourself, you're always going to resonate with those people and they're always going to put you on and, and open up and expand too. Keep being creative, making sure you keep keep reaching out to their, you know, part of part of what I did in this last, on this record cycle or, or I've been doing before this record came out was, you know, I released Filthy, which was, I thought, what resonated really hard with, with uh, the Deep South and the Midwest and, and a lot of like the, you know, the rowdier bunch of people that are that are strip club bunch, the you know the 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 die bar kind of rowdy folks that that really hit with them. And then I dropped other side on on streaming, and I think other side was a big reason. I mean, it, even though we haven't really pushed that uh, in terms of um, really hard in the media and all that stuff, I think that song is gonna be so important to this record because it speaks to a whole new generation of people that listen to music. You know, the delivery, the the tones, the everything. You know. So I, I keep kept in mind that I, I have a goal in my head to to reach the world, and I want to touch everybody on every continent with this music. In order to do that, though, I have to be keep opening myself up to being more creative and more open to different styles of things, and still maintaining myself too. You know, so it's actually pretty fun, man. It's pretty fun. I don't, I don't mind kind of just cruising along, especially right now, because you know I I started writing this record 
as soon right before I dropped my last record, you know, it's because I, I didn't want to, I know I was going to be burnt out and it's not because I knew it because like everything was a buildup, you know, when, when, before, when everything closed down, touring was shut down, everything was shut down. It was, everything was building up to that point. And then when it went opened, it just, I'll never forget how, how, how much we, our rooting for our first tour uh, with my band was absolutely god awful. It was terrible. I, we zigzagged. I, I I'll never forget this one too. This I we, we had a show in Minneapolis. Well, uh, woke up the next morning to drive over to it was like Detroit area. We hopped on. We played at Detroit for an hour and drove back to Minneapolis so that we can uh to the um for, no drove an hour to the airport so that we could fly into Seattle overnight to get there in the morning to do a show in Seattle. And that was three shows. Okay, that's just three shows in 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 three days. Uh, but our touring was so zigzaggy. It was everywhere. We, we, we crisscrossed over Ohio like 14 different freaking times. You know, <laughs> you know, it was terrible. So I knew I was going to be exhausted and burnt out by the end of this record cycle that I, I just, I was like, man, screw it, dude. Let's just like start working on this new thing right now and not wait. Let's get this record out, you know? You see, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to make a, make a note when you're in that mental space, right? After you've flown over Ohio, multiple times yeah. and you got music on the on the mind right you got to do the music play the music entertain the masses but the idea is you're thinking about the pen and the map right you know what conversations have been having about music you know you have what you have set up yeah how are you able to as a, as an artist how do you take that moment post <laughs> the last trip over ohio to yeah. get ready yourself for what is the battle of like the mental anguish of writing music and, and recording it sometimes. You you just kind of got to do it, man. I mean, like there's, there's there's the thing about this level of the game is like there are people around you that are going to take care of everything else. You know, you get you got your business managers, you got your personal managers, you got your agents, you got all these people, this whole team of hundreds, if not thousands of people working for you. And it's your job to just put your body where it needs to be and continue to direct these people as to how, how you're going to get your job done, you know. Um, especially when it comes to promises made, man. So I didn't even think about it, bro. I just put my body where I needed to be, no matter how tired I was or beat down I was. I said, you know what? Like, I'd come home and, and see my kids for a little bit, my wife for a little bit, and I'd just take off a week later. I'd be on tour for three months, come home for a couple of weeks and go right into the studio, fly out to Nashville. And, uh, you know, we really caught up around the holiday time. It was like, you know, six to eight weeks off during the holiday. But it was really head down and just go, 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 go. Don't stop, you know. And, and it definitely, you know, it hit me hard, man. I mean, you feel like a heavyweight boxer after some of these shows, you know, where you have everything you got out there. And sometimes, it, it, like like in a heavyweight fight, you just after some fight, you're just never the same person anymore. You know, like things change and it takes a lot out of you. Same thing happens happened with me on, on touring. Like, you know, um, I can't tell you what it's like to be exhausted and, and have to fly out to a different city and then and then have to sit down and and put your brain in the place to to want to put out songs that people can that really resonate with people you know so i'm thankful for, for cats like you know marty and marty ferguson and, and, and scott stevens for for being there for me uh as just not even just as just best friends like they you know those i got to, i got to know those guys on such a personal level that I, I didn't feel alone you know i didn't feel like i was going through stuff on my own i didn't feel like a bad person for for the things that i've occurred in my life you know i felt like I, I had a community of people that really understood me and were gonna allow me the space to continue to grow and learn from my experience while still trying to guide me towards something great, you know, so that I really appreciate those guys. That's a, that is a producer through and through and they Indeed. are not just molding the, helping you mold the sound, but helping you mold uh, yourself back into place and getting right. you in the space, supporting you, you know, uh, the mental anguish is what I think is the hardest would yeah. be the hardest part. You're exhausted physically. You went through, you got memories, but now those composition books, you got to pull them out and look yep. through them. Energy to push through that, to remember 
Dude, it's, it's kudos tough. to you because three it's flights tough. over Ohio in such a short period of time. Dude, first I, of yeah. all, fucking I, we, went, we, we went over Ohio like, four, like a million times that year. It was Good. crazy. Like it was. At least nuts. you didn't have to drive through it. I suppose. We did. That's what I'm trying to say. We did have to drive through it. <laughs> we did. There was one, one crazy ass trip we had, dude. We, we just played a uh, Blue Ridge Rock Festival, and our van was oh. having some issues. We had our, uh, Blue Ridge is, is in Virginia, and it's not in like in like cool Virginia. It's in like oh, we're from Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> In our car, we kind of like, it's like, you know, I, I woke up because it was like hot all of a sudden because the car was off, you know? And I was like, what's going on? The van was off. And I, I get out, I open up and, and I, you know, the guys are working on the, the trying to fix this light because one of the lights is out. And some random dude comes, like, you guys are from around here, are you? And we're like, what? No. <laughs> he goes, yeah, what are, you, what are you doing out here, man? You should get out. You got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. And we're like, okay, we'll get out. And he looks at the one white dude. I have, you know, I have, I have two white dudes in my crib. One of the white dudes. I have two white dudes and I have, I have, you know, my musicians are all, you know, four black musicians, including myself. And he looks at the white guy and goes, you got a knife? You don't have a knife? <laughs> Take that with you. Take that, oh, with, you. Take that, take that with you. And I was like, I was like, thank you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Patrick and, and my my guitar tech is not like a he's not a physical dude. He's on a you know, I'm from the streets. So I'm like, oh, Patrick, what you got there? A butterfly? No way, bro. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> well, welcome to the Appalachians. All right, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a time. Uh, it was crazy. a time, man. Yeah, it was crazy. So, it was a, it was a, it was a time, man. It was crazy. If people read up about, about you and, and who you are, and the thing that really resonates with people is your live performance, man. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think the way it's people are kind of fatigued in technology and it's kind of like, you know, all this stuff that goes on to like modern live events. So to have someone just kind of feel like they're just plugging in and going. Yeah. It's such a, it's like it's such a revelation to people like you can do that. I'm like <laughs> plug in and play. Yeah. Which is great because you're always leading into a younger audience because you're you're still you're not you're not but you're seen as a newer artist right, yeah, right, so right, right, right people are attached right. themselves to that and you're plus you're at all the festivals that cater to a certain age range yeah the Wimmer yeah. festivals or whatever it may be um but also but the way you play and the power you exude and and, and the effort and emotion you put it attracts that older live fan like you know the, whether it's the bonamassa people or even the trower people or even people who were in the cream going I love this guy because he reminds me of those guys, right? right so right, right. now you're generational. Yeah, exactly. Cross and it all comes back down to your life thing. Was that a thing yeah. when you're like, man, did you kind of want to go out and be like raw? Or is that just how your music just is going to be? You can't service it any other way. It's just a plug in and play kind of rock. It that is a Seattle thing, I think, man. I think that's if you 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 talk about Seattle rock, and that's like that's mm -hmm. really the epitome of Seattle rock. Those guys are not, you know, I mean, I learned that from Barrett Martin, you know, from Screaming Trees, and having worked with you know the Duff McKagans and and you know McCready's and and having conversations with Kim Thiel and all those guys, and like, you know, that's not we they, we don't come from a place where it's about been about the digital thing necessarily, right? We all, mm -hmm. we all came from a garage rock place. And I think that's the legacy of Seattle rock was how raw it was. It was just really real, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and we're still trying to shape it. You know, like I, I, I'm still like working on adding more elements to it because I do want some of this music to sound similar to the record without sounding like the record, you know? So I've always talked about having like a utility dude that could play guitar and do little keyboards and some electronic stuff on the side, you know, and do it yeah. without having to go to the, to the direction of like just overdub tracks all the time, you know? I think another band that does that really great is Muse. Muse is really, really good at that about having like mm -hmm. there are some some stuff they have that's like a little overdubby but it's so faint you know shinedown's really good at this too man like but it's like it's so faint or it's like it's so integrated that you it just you, that live raw sound really just comes out in, in the music oh, it makes so. it makes it sound super full 
Exactly. And so I, mm-hmm. I want to, I, I definitely want to lean more into that, especially as, as I start to shape up, like what it means to be a headliner and one of the big names at these festivals, you know, like it's been interesting the last couple of years to name go from like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe bottle or bottom or second row to like, I'm now I'm at the third row from the top or whatever. And so yeah. as it happens, so I don't want to keep, I don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. I want, I want, mm-hmm. I want cats to come to the show and have a theater experience as well too, you know, but, but without sacrificing what it is to make that makes me me man it's like i came up in, in the jam scene i came up in the singer songwriter scene everything i did was live and i lived or died by the live sword man either we we're gonna have a great performance today or i was hung over to really show out <laughs> you know that's just what it is man and uh I'll, yeah I'll, I'll think, think about this that way. the large festivals the way you play i think uh, people take notice because you're the kind of cat that will be playing and you go into a solo and you're going to use those catwalks that go seem to go yeah. forever of those large thrusts and you're going to go out there and that's what you know, you're bringing it to the people, and that's what's exciting too. Is when you just got someone just kind of it's off the cuff. Yeah, you know, because we miss that because everything's so fucking orchestrated, man. Everything's so orchestrated, man. And like we, you know, we definitely, um, you know, as it, and it, it'll, be, we'll definitely kind of keep kind of find the sweet spot though too, mm-hmm. man. It's like we're, we're gonna keep it raw and real, and the sounds what they are, but we're gonna find a sweet spot where it's like. All of these things are going to come together and create the, these really, really magical moments. And especially with this new music, you know, I mean, like, uh, Scott and, and Marty are really good in making sure that this music could be played live. You know, like, like Blood mm-hmm. in the Water is a, a tune I can grab a guitar and play right now. And But whereas like a song like, like Filthy, for instance, is, is, that is a little more digital. It's got a little more modern sounds to it. We can still pull it mm-hmm. off live, but there's some elements that we need to capture that we can we can produce live. But we have to like kind of work in this, this new yeah. way of things, you know. Do you use yeah, ears live? No, that's why I'm deaf. <laughs> that's why I'm deaf right now. I don't use shit, man. No, I don't. We use monitors. We just use regular yeah. monitors. And but we, but that's kind of something we're leaning towards, kind of getting getting into the inner inner zone. And we we've tried it. We we all were just like, this is gross. It doesn't feel good in our ears, yeah. you know. It's weird at first. It's so it weird at first. It's really weird, <laughs> man. But but we're definitely. I mean, that's that's kind of the future for us, though. I mean, as we we want to be bigger. You know, I want to make my 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 band bigger, my presence bigger. I want to make the stage bigger. I want to have a bigger production. I want to be able to, to to create an arena rock experience, you know. So we're, as we're growing, we're definitely thinking about adding these new elements. Uh, it'll just be a matter of figuring out what our production looks like, uh, the mm-hmm. the budget for all that, and you know all the, all the logistics behind all that stuff to make it happen. You know, I was just lasers listening to you, lasers. You know, like- yeah, dog lasers for sure. Like you do. I went to the Muse. I went to the Muse show. I've never seen Muse live. I, I love Muse, by the way, but I never saw mm-hmm. him live. And I saw him like, in the key at the uh, the former key arena called the Climate Pledge Arena. And I was like, "What the hell is going on here? This is crazy." <laughs> I actually had just ran into Johnny backstage. Um, Johnny from uh, from Highly Suspect, and uh, uh-huh. uh, and I was like, "Yo, Johnny, what's up, man?" I was like, oh, "I want to get a beer with you, bro, and hang." He goes, "No, nah, man, you gotta stay for this show." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Well, we're gonna get beer at. He goes, Yeah, I'm gonna get a beer across the street, but listen, you gotta see these guys. I was like, Oh, okay. And I just had to go for one or two, but I could I, I would be like, Oh shit, you don't want to stay for one more. And he'd be like, What, what is going on? This is insane. There was lasers, there was smoke, there was fire, there was like at one point they were playing a solo and it was dark and the ceiling started coming down on them. Like like it started floating down. I was like, it was like I was like, This is just like Hawkinson in Vegas. I can't believe it. <laughs> It was insane, dude. I couldn't. I was having the time of life at this show, and it just. But the music, the thing that spoke to me more than anything was how the musicianship didn't alter. You know, mm-hmm. like sometimes when you try to get that big, the musicianship takes a little bit of a backseat so that you can put on a theater show, and everything kind of was intertwined. And that was really inspirational to me, man. So definitely having some motherfucking lasers, dog. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. Have yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I was just I was thinking about all of the uh, all of what you are and where you come from and how difficult that would be 
right? Mm-hmm. I mean, simply just, you know, from the, the, the fact of like <laughs> those monitors, dude, yep. they're like, they're also like a part of like what you feel like is the front of house. Yeah, you know? exactly. exactly. It'll save your life. Because yeah. the vo- the vocal your vocal manifolds, for instance, is just gonna like then you say thank you so much. You didn't, you know, like yeah. you thought you you were Trust you were had to push, you know, that sort of thing. You know, you might that's, not have to. That's a big thing too, man. Well, and this is why my sound is the way it is too. Is my whole life I've used I've used uh, monitors. So now I, I all thing has just been my thing. But like, you know, you get to start doing two hundred shows in in a year and a half, and it just doesn't it doesn't hold as much. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really hard to to do three shows even in a week to back. And maintain yeah. that, you know. So we've had definitely had to make some adjustments and we're continuing to do that. But until then, cool. you know, it's still gonna be raw and real, man. I'm gonna make sure these cats really get get a dose of what really makes me me, you know. So so then to be to to be completely uh transparent here, are you saying that those massive Rolling Stone shows, it was sixty thousand people, you were yeah. wedges? We were wedges. Yeah. You're fucking badass. Dude. We're wedges, man. Yeah, we're wedges. We were wedges for sure, man. We were wedges. It, it's it was fucking insane. It was insane. So cool. Did you have yeah. did you have any 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 interactions with this with the Jagger or Richards or any of those guys, Ron Wood? So I, I had an um I had a satellite interaction with Keith and I had a, a face-to-face interaction with um with Mick when I first met him. Uh, and that, that first show in Detroit was when I ran into Mick because we were supposed to go out and do our sound checks. He was coming down as I'm going up, you know, and he hadn't caught in COVID yet. So he was still more, you know, open to seeing people. And uh, and he stop, He walks past me, he stops, and he comes back and he goes, hello. I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, yo, what's up, Mick? Yeah, man, good to see you, baby. It's good. Miss is a cool. This is a cool one, right, man? It's good. It's good. <laughs> is that exactly how you said that? I was just trying to be cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he was like, I was like, you're the man. Thanks for having us. And he says, no, you're the man. I was like, I'm the man. <laughs> I can't believe he just said that. And, uh, so it was a trip, man. Yeah. I got to, I got to hang out with Mick Jagger in Detroit. My kids came and my wife came and everything. And it was like a whole event, you know? And so we had a, it was, that was the first time at Keith, not Keith, I'm sorry, at Mick. Uh, and then Keith actually was the one that requested us to be at, um, in Paris. Cause I was already getting big in Paris, but Keith was personally like, we need Aaron Jones in Paris. So that's why they called me. First time we bid for it. The second time they were like, this is the kid we want, you know? And so it was, it was, there was a lot of interaction. I, I don't doubt it's the first, the last time it'll happen. I mean, we'll see those guys getting up there. You know, I, I have a feeling that, that at some point down the road, they'll call us again as, as our name starts to pop up a little more, you know? That's so sick. Yeah, I only asked that because I was listening. I was reading this about his interview Lars had. I think he may have had with Howard Sturmer. Basically, says when they were Metallica played a, a show with them. Yeah. Uh, years ago, and they said that one of the things that these Jagger's assistant said to the band was like, "When Mick walks by, please do not give eye contact." Yeah, they did that. They listen, bro, I don't know what it is. Man. <laughs> like, listen, we all know Mick. Some brown sugar, baby. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, that, that certainly helps. You yeah, put that, it to that, your advantage. Yes. Oh, dude, listen, man. He likes some brown sugar, baby. You know, it's, there was there's a thing. That's that, awesome. So this, is, this is also the other, other thing is that that Mick and those guys, like you got to remember, man, they they were on Chess Records, right? So like, and, and yeah. at a time when Chess Records was a predominantly black record label, they were inspired by the, all these black artists. So, um, you know, I, they they there's something about that connection they have with with African Americans. I think that really, uh, we could feel that. We could feel it because mm-hmm. it was we felt the openness and we felt the love. I mean, more than anything, we felt all the love for those guys, man. And and they they had fried chicken and and southern food at the at the catering too. So that was helpful. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Plus oh, they, wait, 
Yeah. Guys know Plus us, they kind of <laughs> used to, yeah, they used to dress like Tina Turner. Yeah. Right. There you go, man. So back in yeah. the day, yeah, that 72 tour, my goodness, man, that I'll tell you that catering though. Woo. Get them. Was it great? Was it awesome? It was, listen, the, the, the Detroit catering was great. The, the French t- 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 uh, catering was great too, but it was, it was French. You know, the French are very, uh, they're really into their food, man. They really are. They mm-hmm. really are into their food. We have a different palate than them. Let's put it that way, you know. And so our, sure. our expectations, I think, are a little bit different when it comes to the food. But food's good, though, man. They have a, they they have great food. They're really nice to me too. I, I can't say too much bad things about the French. What, what's your favorite after show food? Yeah, my favorite after show food, man. Um, that's a good question. I have a before show food. I don't have much of an after show food. I, I eat a lot of pho on the road, man. I, I'm from Seattle, so in Seattle, okay, pho is a, is, a, is a staple here because it rains so much, you know. Yeah, and we and we actually have that in common with a lot of Europe, you know, a lot of, a lot of especially like northern north northwestern Europe, you know. It's like that's a lot of a lot of rainy days, so pho is mm-hmm. easy to come by. It's really helpful for my voice and, and warm my voice up and all that too, you know. So I think pho is, is the way to go. Um, post show food. Is beer. <laughs> it's yeah. delicious. All right. yeah. Yeah. So wheat and barley. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> it's, wheat and barley. It's, Mes- it's Mesopotamian food. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, interesting. Man, hey, I, interesting. Well, hold on. Hold on one second, please. I don't want, I, I, I just found this out and I really hope that I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't lied to ultimate Frisbee. Are yeah. you an ultimate Frisbee guy? I was, I was, I, I played ultimate frisbee in another lifetime. I was, uh, when I was a kid, I got really into it in my teenage years in the early twenties. Uh, I got really, really good at it. I was really athletic. So I was really, really good at it. And I, I ended up playing for team USA in, in uh, the, the 2004 world championships and the 2008 world championships. Dude, that's fucking insane. It's, I, yeah, it's crazy. So, I don't know if it was Michael or somebody mentioned it. Yeah. And I said, wait, like for real? Yeah, yeah, for real, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. What's funny, man, is with, with Emo coming back right now, Emo, emo Rock is really, like, pretty hot right now, you know? Sure. I also saw Evanescence at that, too. I'll get that in a minute, but uh, on that Muse show. But, um, I, uh, but yeah, the, the Emo Rock is getting big right now, and I'll never forget, um, me and my buddy who played, he, my other buddy who I saw recently, he played for a Seattle named Sam, and um, he played for Seattle as well. He's from Seattle. He played for the U.S. team as well, you know, because so, we're all from different cities. And... Um, I never forget, we were all sitting watching TV and, all, and one of our old teammates comes on. We're like, what the hell is this dude doing on TV? And he's, he's doing sign up, he's doing this. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And he's like, 303. <laughs> so so it was uh so I played I played on Team USA in 2004 with Sean Sugar Foreman from 303. He's, he was on that same ultimate frisbee team. So me and him are, are frisbee champions together. That's insane. The tall yeah. dude, right? Sean is the the, uh, the the shorter dude. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's, yeah, the, the pretty one. <laughs> he's, he's That's so good. crazy. That's even yeah, great. That's like another level of like. Yeah, dude. Shit. So we were, we were uh, the same frizzy team. Yeah. Is hacky sack still a thing that people still play hacky sack? I'm sure they do, man. I'm sure people really get into hacky sack. As long as we is a thing, hacky sack will always be a thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's champion because it's always all sort of championship for weird stuff, dude. I saw like, what did I recently see that was really strange, dude. Um, pickleball, oh, spike ball, bro. Pickleball is weird too. But I saw like, the world champion spike ball on ESP in the Ocho. Is spike ball is it like is it like uh, is it like dodgeball or something? What is that? No, spike ball is when you go to the beach and you see those dudes with like it's like a little tiny yellow rubber volleyball, and you and you slam it down uh-huh. on this trampoline, and it's kind of like you're supposed to play it like almost like volleyball. You get three, what you get tap up, two taps up, and then on the third tap you got to you got to launch it at the pad towards the, your opponent. And they have to catch it and tap it up. And they, basically, if the ball hits the ground, and then your team gets a point. So it's a trampoline. Everyone stands in a circle. And so you're trying to, like, put this ball up and pass to your teammate and then spike it on this trampoline. And it goes, exactly. What is spike ball? Why is it on television? That's my point. 
Well, yeah. Hey, why is poker on yeah. TV? Why is like, you know, all these weird sports, like why is darts on TV? Is that a sport? The mob. That was that's a hobby. Right. I thought it was a pursuit. <laughs> just a pursuit. Looking right. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of mob, blue, you know, speaking of mob, we were lucky to have you on ship rock thus far. Yeah. Man. Uh, twice. Yeah. Dude, and I, it, it's been amazing. This been second time, time, man, the second deck show on this last run. Yeah. That was the one where you, I looked around. I saw a lot of people who are new to you kind of with their jaws. Like, Oh yeah. What the that fuck? Was, that was quite real bad, man. Cause I, I, what happened, if you guys want to know me, I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> what happened was I was just partying so much, man. I was saying, I was having so much again. I understand. I got, I have like, I've got three kids at home. I got a wife home. And so, so it's like, or I have two kids full time and I have a third who comes over. And, and at times I have, so I have four kids and one, two of them live, live off. Uh, they don't live with me full time. And then the other two live with me full time. So I have a full house all the time. So I, and my wife didn't come this time. So I'm just like free. I'm just like, Oh my God. So I'm partying, partying, partying. One night like, I had someone's whiskey. I was about to go back to my room, man. They're like, I'm going back to my cabin, dude. I got to get out of here. The guy was like, nah, man, you got to take this one last shot with me. I said, all right, then I'll do it. Cause that's the kind of dude I am. And it wasn't like a shit. Twist like, my arm. It was like this big. And I pound that dude. I get back to my room and I'm just like, <laughs> Oh, but got by whiskey. Thank you. I wasn't hung over luckily, but it just, it shredded my voice, which was already yeah. in a rough place, man. And so I felt bad, you know, I, I felt bad, but not because it's everybody else's fault. I partied because that's because they forced me to drink liquor and party with them. Well, dude, the you know, so you mentioned that now. I don't remember anything about your voice. Uh, so, on that second, because I, me- I remember Joey and, and Carmen coming up, and you guys just wailed. Dude, my voice was completely shot out, man. And I remember because, and it wasn't shot out in the way that like it. it usually, if my voice shoots out because I'm hoarse. You know, it wasn't because I was hoarse. It was just like inflammation around my throat. You know, from like uh-huh. just like from hurling the night before, two nights before, and like I had three shows on the boat, right? So I had the I had the the show yeah. at the theater, and then I had a show for the crew. And then I had a show. Um, for, I was supposed to do the 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 show with the shipmates. I had to cancel because my my voice was all shot out, man. Yeah. And so I had that one deck show, and and it, I couldn't really get. I could I could hack it, you know. I could definitely put something out there, but it wasn't up to the par, you know. But but I look back at that show, I was like, man, it still sounded really cool. My voice had a yeah. really smoky quality to it that it normally didn't have, and, and we got through it, and it, and and it was great. I mean, you remember my my guitar player was sick too, man. So I'm like, I'm really holding yeah. it down vocally, you know, like doing my my own backup vocals and all that that's that's right but you know what all, you guys had a shit ton of haze going yeah. across that stage all the time and it looked awesome it just looked yeah. awesome man it was a cool yeah. show man we had a good yeah. time and, and uh, i was yeah. i was i would actually you know it turns even though i was like kind of feeling like i feel like i was limping a little bit you know in, in terms mm-hmm. of like my performance i it turned up it turned out being one of my better performances i think i've ever had to be honest with you just because of the moment calling for me to be something different and like adjust yeah. and like i think that's what speaks to the experience after after a certain time is when you've been through enough of those to know like all right dude you're not gonna get out here and, and get have your tea and turn moment you're not gonna have your, your whitney houston or mark very moment right now you're gonna get out here you're gonna play guitar give it to them raw and real and and give yourself later for it and one thing i practiced recently especially you play so many shows when you mess up you know it's like i just happened to be at carnegie uh, i'm sorry at carnegie but uh by royal albert hall I and mean, i started with the wrong song and i'm looking at like oh i messed the song up and i stopped and i go my bad i was gonna play this one song you guys and i'm not gonna play a different song okay we go but i just get to this mode where you're just like you're so natural in your moment that you're just talking to people what's up so i get up there i say hey guys listen we've been partying i partied my ass off today so my voice is not up to par but listen you guys i'm up here i couldn't cancel this show i'm here for you we're just gonna play some fucking rock and roll i hope you guys yeah. enjoy it man and that, and that people love that moment. man they turn it's that real. Into, real. to what it was man it's beautiful yeah it's beautiful because i tell you that last song man it was like a guitar orgy it was awesome yeah yeah it was great man with great the, with, with joey joey's my buddy man it's my buddy 
and Carmen, Carmen Thiele. Yeah. Yeah, d- dude. I mean, so glad you you did cancel the uh, uh, the performance of Bird Rooster. Uh, but this show, like you just like we just mentioned, it was all that and a bag of chips, if you will. Hey, take it to the fucking, 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it felt great, sounded great, and more just like you said. Yeah, uh, man. giving it to him straight and raw and real and with some 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 truth. Yeah. I think that that's the that's what they're there to see anyway. That's, those are the guys I'm influenced by the most too, man. The guys that are just so real on stage, man. And like, that's the thing. Also, Tour and Shinedown too. The, the, I'm going to speak wonders about these guys. That's where I spent most of my time last year, you know. And, um, you know, I, I, those guys are so, just like watching them do their thing. Never, there's never a scripted moment. You know I'm trying to say? Like, there's a routine for sure, but it doesn't feel like it's contrived. It doesn't feel like they're trying too hard to make happen. They just naturally sit there and do the thing. And I remember one night they couldn't do, I think we were in, in, uh, in BC and, uh, and uh, they couldn't do the fireworks because the Penticton Fire Department was like, hell no, you're not doing fireworks here. And he was like, well, well, fuck the, the Penticton Fire Department. We'll probably never play here again. <laughs> Last time, guys. <laughs> you know, like, we had fire shit for you guys. We're sorry, man. But listen, in lieu of that, we got this acoustic thing we're going to do for you. You know, and it was, I was like, you guys are awesome for that, man. But that's like all that experience yeah. just kind of culminates into one thing. And it, it, just, it just creates these moments. I think that you can't really, really ask for in music anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, we can't fake them, you know. Yeah, so, no, okay. so uh, Aaron, let's play a little walk the plank, bud. Okay, oh, shit. <laughs> we've done this with you before, right? We've done I this mean, with you before. I have, yeah, I think I failed miserably last time. Okay, so okay. I don't think you can, you can fail. My, 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 my question is, what villain do you secretly cheer for? Oh, the villain I secretly cheer for. Uh, Franklin Saint in Snowfall is the villain I secretly <laughs> cheer for right now because I've been watching that, that show religiously and I finally got through it. And I'm like, you're a gangster. And I love you for it. Sa- Franklin Saint is a villain I cheer for. I might be on name one more. Let me think here. Another villain I secretly cheer for. Mm. Agent Smith and the Matrix. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's a good one too, man. Great. Yeah, yeah both great. I love that guy. Yeah. My question is, what is your spirit animal? My spirit animal? Ooh, it's a good question, man. My spirit animal is Dennis Rodman. <laughs> so a worm. Okay. Um. <laughs> the worm. A worm, sir. How dare you? Yeah. The worm. He's the worm. <laughs> wedding dress or pre or post wedding dress? That's the one oh, I'm asking. What are you talking about? Whatever the Carmen Lecture era was. Post, I think, yeah. right? <laughs> post. That's right. That's right. Carmen Lecture. Yeah, Do you know who... who um, uh, Black Bear is the, the the like the producer rapper dude Mike yeah, Posner. Yeah. Oh yeah, they have, this, they have this like duo thing called Mansions. Is with the Z. You yeah. should listen to their song Dennis Rodman. It is. I, it, you, you know wait. what I'm talking about? I okay. haven't heard it. I can't wait. If that's your spirit animal, uh, they do a very good job. Dennis Rodman. Like, that's amazing. As being it made, it made an anthem for that spirit animal, dude. It fucking slaps. I so. love it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check it out, man. Yeah. I got one. Is is Dennis still in North Korea? Is he back now? He's back. I think he's back. I think I think the North North Korean thing kind of blew up in his face a little bit. And and okay. and, and, and in his defense, in his in his defense, he was high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so there you it's go. Awesome. You know, yeah, like spirit goddamn, animal a, material. Yeah, that's, though, that's what I'm trying to tell you. You talking about spirit animal? National treasure, right man. He's a national treasure. Yeah, he really is. To to me, he is a man. You have, and that's why I named my kid Phoenix Jones, right? Because Phoenix Jones is kind of a fuck up. So Phoenix Jones is super. He had a superhero coalition in Seattle. For 
2013 to like, I don't know, like it had to be like 17 or 18. Right. And so my kid is born in 2013 and I, and my, and my, my wife at the time, my ex-wife, she goes, she says, wait a minute, kid. Say we should name her Phoenix. And she goes, Oh, I like that name. We're like, why? I was like, cause Phoenix Jones is like a superhero. He's not going to be a thing in, in a number of years. And when she goes and looks her name up at some point, she'll find out that she has this tie to her hometown forever. And so I thought it was the coolest thing ever until he got busted for selling secret selling Molly. <laughs> and, and then he got busted by the cop feds. So he's supposed to be like this superhero cleaning up the streets and he's selling Molly on the side. So I'm like, man, that's even cooler. <laughs> you know yeah. Exactly, man. That's so cool. <laughs> I, we got one more question. And this yep. is a, this is fun because uh, I don't know if we had implemented this in the last time. So I'm going to ask you a question from last week's guest yep. that asked it to this week's guest who didn't sure. know who this week's guest was. You'll get to yeah. do the same thing. Uh the question is a two-parter simply because we had, it was a two guests uh, uh, last week. Um, so I'll start with the first one. Uh, the question is through the loom or speedo? Mm, speedo probably. Yes. I want the to second part. Do it. <laughs> Good on you, man. The, the second part is, would you rather live by the ocean or the woods? Uh, live by the ocean is my thing. I th- I like water. I grew up near water, so I'm I'm in the Puget Sound, which is like all water. So I think water is like my first thing for sure. Then the woods. The woods are cool too, but like I don't really fuck with bears. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't really do that. That's funny. That's thing. what we were talking about. <laughs> so speedo in the living by the water is, is that, totally acceptable. In the absolutely. woods, you probably get a little bit of a mosquito bumps or something. I don't. Like that. Really mess with the woods because animals live there. I don't understand this. This is, this is do you understand? Listen, listen. I want you guys. I'm to gonna tell clue me, you into something. Black... Yeah, there, there, there are animals in the water too. I don't go in the water like that, dog. I can find. This. Come on, man. I'll be, I'll be there, ankle deep in the water. Hey, man, I like this. You know, this is good. This is nice. All right. I'll tell you guys something though, man. But I'll tell you guys this. How many times have you seen you guys in a black person be like, yo, I got attacked by a cougar, man? It was wild. <laughs> Look out. There's cougars in the woods, man. Have it. You've not seen one single black person. <laughs> not one time. No, no. No, oh my no. God, a bear. Yeah, there's bears in the woods, man. You'll go out to. I guarantee you, someone in Tanzania has said this. I'm sure in Tanzania, they eat them, though. <laughs> got you, bitch. <laughs> not a bear, right. So now it's your turn. So, yep. uh, so that was by that was from their random boys, uh, Gabe and Damien. They were on last week. They didn't know who was going to be on this week, so they just asked the question. So, we, I'm not going to tell you who's on next week. You just asked it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my next question. Hmm. Let's see here. Uppers or downers? <laughs> for question. Uh, and uppers or downers. That's a good one, right? That's nice. Yeah. Uh, and let me see here. Um, it's got to be like a musical thing. Oh, drop C sharp or standard? Oh, dude. That's good. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uppers or downers? One. Part two, drop C sharp or standard. Can I assume that uh, we could also ask which one would you rather do if they say uppers uh, and they say drop C? Yeah. Can I ask them if they would do uppers and write music and drop and C? Right, of course. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole point of the question. That's why we phrase it that way. <laughs> Sweet. So we have <laughs> to find a really C? good guitar player who's into pharmaceuticals. Very good. Easy. <laughs> At least. Easy, keep easy. <laughs> At least pharmaceuticals. Let's <laughs> <Yeah>. be real. <laughs> <laughs> Those are great. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Well, hey, hey Ron, man, brother, we've had you for a, an hour, man. We couldn't thank you enough for, for doing this again with us, man. We appreciate it. And, uh, 
Best of luck on this new album, man. Uh, so yeah, coming out, what, it's going to be uh, Chronicles of the Kid. Do you know when it's coming out? Can we have an exact date June, on that? June 20, 21st, I believe. Okay. All right. Label, label always has me drop an album around Juneteenth. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> thanks, <Great>. guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Juneteenth. Uh, uh, latest single, Give us uh, free. Blood in the Water is everywhere right now, and it's on all kinds of playlists, including Spotify. So that's awesome, man. Good for you. We're looking forward to it. What about live dates? What's going on? We know the festivals are coming up. You got a tour slated? I got I got one in Europe coming out, and then we got something we're working on uh, later on this year, um, and it's going to be a pretty interesting one. Actually, it's going to be pretty unique because I've been doing one of these, but um, yeah, I can't announce it just yet. We're still getting getting kind of the the knots all tied up, and and as soon as we do, we'll we'll, we'll let everybody know. But we're getting closer to it. So, uh, but yeah, I got awesome. I got some extensive touring happening in Europe. I got some U.S. touring I'm working on towards the end of this year. Uh, and I think we really start hitting hard the beginning of next year because the album is coming out in June. I think we're really going to start hitting it in, in the beginning of next year and, and, you know, putting out some good music, playing some good stuff. And, you know, with this this new record, I believe that it's really going to, you know, my name has already been tossed into the mainstream quite a bit. Um, but I think this is the one that really gets gets people's attention. You know? So I, I'm really excited for that. No doubt, man. Awesome, man. Well, listen, Ian, thank you once again for your time. Always, really fellas, I, I appreciate you, man. You can have me on anytime. And I'll, I'll be down to chat and, and goof off with you guys anytime, man. We'll do it again then. Yeah. All right. Sign Thanks, in. sir. All right, have a good one. Take care, you guys. Be safe, everybody. Thanks, Jen. Bye. Bye, guys. I pray for forgiveness. Let the Lord be my witness. Ain't nothing gonna save me. There's blood in the water. This man let the truth be told Everyone's got their cross to bear You carry that away to know So what would you give? What would you take? All your dying day Between the lies and the memories Where shadows will fade away I'll say a prayer for my mother I cry a tear for my What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.